Welcome to the Butts in the Seats podcast, episode number 65. We're at retirement age, so we're done after this one, right? I hope so. Again, we're so far from being done. Again, it doesn't feel like it. It feels like it should be over. Yeah. This should be it. The fact that you're like, oh, we've got way more. I'm like, how? Especially after this episode, how the fuck do we have more? I still wonder if this show going to two hours is going to be a blessing or a curse. I really don't know. But, uh... Hi, I'm Nick, alongside Emily. I'm here, for some reason. Emily's in a very ornery mood tonight. I'm irritated. Yeah. She was trying to do save the dates. They didn't go well, and... No, I think I'm doing a sketchy website. It's a website I've never heard of, and their upload system for addresses is stupid, and it's not letting me upload addresses, and I I just... I don't know. Don't get married. It's a scam. Weddings are a scam. Love you. (laughs) Okay, the marriage isn't a scam. The wedding's a scam. Can we all agree on that? Weddings are kind of scammy. So today we're talking about the November 8th, 1999, Monday Nitro, live from Indianapolis, Indiana. We are, They literally hyped up nothing going into the show. No, literally nothing. I Well, I guess that's half true. They did mention that the Nitro Girls, like, finals was going to be this week, but they didn't say that last week. They said it like two or three weeks ago. Yeah, so they didn't remind us last week that this was happening. And it's also, we don't, we don't learn who wins this episode. Spoiler. No, no, this is just them... We'll get to that segment later. This is just them, like, showing who the finalists are. Can I make you angry? Am I not already going to be angry enough going into this episode? The ratings went up from last week. How? How? How on both fronts? How? Who watched last week and went, oh yeah. Let me tune back in. More of that. We'll take one more of those. Then watch this and went, oh yeah, I'll keep going. Yeah, how? Do 3.4 to Raw's 5.4. Actually, pretty down for Raw. They will get a significant bump next week. Because uh, there's about to be a little murder mystery, except not the murder part. The near murder mystery. Is this Steve Austin getting hit with the Hummer? It's, no, it's, it's not, not a, a Hummer. I know there's a there's a car crash angle in WWF, and I remember there was a car. And it's not a white Hummer, but we've been talking about white Hummers so much on this podcast. I can't remember anything about that except for the like way it ended. Yes, it is Austin. Yeah. Being run down by a car. A car. Yes, which. I don't know if you realized this at the time. People in hindsight have kind of pointed out, okay, so you knew he wasn't going to wrestle on the on the pay-per-view. Like, WWF knew. Steve Austin? Yeah. That's why they had a whole elaborate angle. They literally advertised him until halfway through the show. So they made sure you bought the pay-per-view to see him in the main event. Well, yeah, it's, it's called shooting. <laughs> it's called scamming. Yes, but they're also trying to sell their lie. They're trying to make you believe. Well, they could have had him written out on, you know, the Monday before in Why the bill. Why would they do that? Yeah. Money. That's not even money. That's just, like, business. Even if he did truly get injured, truly whatever, like, yeah, don't fuck up the, the sale prices. Like, even if you weren't scammy, I, I wouldn't fuck with that. This is the same woman who was outraged at Sting not beating the shit out of Hulk Hogan. Why would he go along with this? And then it's like, oh, but Vince McMahon's smart to advertise. Vince McMahon is billed as a man with no morals. Obviously, he's going to do that. And I kind of understand why. Sting is trying to be billed to us as a man with morals. He was a heel at that point. but His character is an ethical character. I'm still Vince McMahon has never been billed as an ethical man. He was a commentator. (laughs) What a maneuver. Unbelievable. Yeah, no. Apples and oranges, please. So let's get into two backstage notes before we jump into this episode. Sonny Ono is apparently gone. 
Which like gone gone? It seems that way. Yeah. Well, it was basically the only person who liked him was Eric Bischoff. Yeah. And Bischoff's gone. So like, wait, why is he still here? So. I was kind of wondering why we haven't seen him in a while, but. Well, I mean, Ernest the Cat Miller was hurt, but last week, yeah, he came out with no Sonny Ono. So. Yeah. I remember we noted that, but apparently he's like officially gone. No Sonny, but he still has the red dancing shoes. And we'll chat about this a little later in a different regard. Uh, Dusty Rhodes quit. Oh, he quit. He quit. He wanted he wanted the booking job that Vince Russo got. Interesting. Oh, can okay, can we just like can you imagine what WCW could have been? Dusty wasn't a good booker at this time. But he wasn't Vince Russo. Be fair. But what would have happened if Vince Russo was never given that job and Dusty Rhodes was given that job? Do you think that WCW would have lived longer? I don't know. Do you think it would have been an ample competitor to WWF? We'll never know. I mean, Dusty did have, I think, pretty good, like, first-hand knowledge of the business. Like, yeah, Russo was in the business himself, too, but he wasn't a wrestler. So he didn't have the same kind of, like, first-hand, you know, experience. I, I mean, guess. Russo wrote a lot of the, like, stuff that brought yeah. WWF up. However... But Dusty was a wrestler in both companies, and a, was he a booker in WCW? Yeah, at one point, yeah. Then, yeah, he has... He, good he, well, I mean, he was fired from his booking position multiple times, mostly because he then booked himself in the main event. Yeah, well. There is a conspiracy theory I think you'll like. There has been a theory going around the internet, God, for at this point for over 20 years, that Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara were sent as double agents to go kill WCW. Oh, yeah. You, you told me this at one point. I believe it. Well, I don't believe it, but I can see how some would believe it. At the moment, at the time, yeah, I think I'd believe it. I mean, Vince McMahon has been known to be a pretty vindictive person. So that sounds like something that he would do. And then our other piece of backstage news is uh, it w- it will relate to us soon. I just don't know how soon. Uh, in WWF, Dr. Death Steve Williams has been fired. I don't know who that is. He was the guy who was supposed to win the Brawl for All. Over my head. I don't remember. I don't remember who won the brawl for all. Uh, Bart Gunn. You, I, you, I, I would say you, I, you saw him in a match when we uh, reviewed him versus Butterbean at WrestleMania 15. Bart Gunn was not the focal point of that match. No, but uh, no. Steve Williams. They brought it in WWF and then did the brawl for all. Going well, he's the toughest son of a bitch, so he's going to win, and then we can push mm. him against Austin. And then, he then he wasn't. And then he didn't win. And then it was like, oh, so they didn't know what the fuck to do with him. Oh, yeah, because the Brawl for All was like a shoot fight, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it was. Oh, it was actually shoot. Yeah, that, okay. that was the problem. Oh. <laughs> they had a guy they wanted to win in a shoot tournament. And he lost. <laughs> yeah, you made plans around a shoot tournament and then, oh. That's not really how shoot works. Yeah. But you said it's going to matter to us eventually? Yeah, he's going to show up because he was yeah. also like close friends with Jim Ross. Oh, okay. And Jim Ross is still with is with WWF at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. So let's get into this episode. We start with us actually following up on something that we got annoyed about last week. Yes, actually. Because Sid is in, I guess, the, the production truck. Yeah. He's yelling at some tech, like, all right, when I say play the tape, you play the fucking tape I, I just gave to you. You play this tape, no yeah. other bullshit tape. Like, he's just kind of shouting. It's kind of hard to discern words in this. Sid shouting? <laughs> but... It is clear what he's trying to say. Like, don't fuck with me. I'm going to murder you. Like, that's that's the general gist of any Sid promo, if I'm being honest. But yeah. You say that like it's a bad thing. It's not a good thing. We go from that to the Nitro opening and the opening pyro. 
hella pyro. It felt like a lot more pyro than usual this week. Which is even weirder because it like goes directly into Sid entering. Right. Like, there was no break. Tony no. and Bobby are checking in as Sid comes out. Tony and Bobby barely check in. Yeah. We don't really get a chance to like check in and the, with them and like see. Tony's like up in it in the uh, wardrobe department though. He is like putting on his suits and ties, slicking his hair back. He looks nice recently. I don't know what changed. So Sid shouts and says he's not as dumb as he looks. And I'm like, weird thing to brag about. All right. He also says last week the outsiders tried to screw him, but it didn't work. You, you, you did, got screwed. You did lose. You got screwed. Sid says he is the brain of a psychopath and then draws. A psychopath, you say? A psycho Sid. Careful, the lawyers are going to be on the phone. <laughs> he then draws attention to Goldberg and mentions the footage from last week and throws to his clip. Hey, and Mr. Production Truck Boy threw to it. Emily, do you want to describe this clip? It's just the finish of the match from last week with Sid shouting, I quit, over Goldberg talking to the referee. Yeah, trying to claim that Goldberg, for some reason... Yeah, he's trying to sell it as that's Goldberg saying I quit, like losing the I quit match. But it's like comically bad. It wasn't even an I quit match. It was just a match. No. And he was like upright. He was on two feet. Yeah. And Sid was like nailing. I I did right. I expect nothing. And I'm still disappointed. (laughs) Hall and Nash then come out. Hall has the U.S. title with them, and they get a big pop coming out. They usually do. Hall taunts Sid with the belt, though Sid like, didn't mention that at any point in his promo. Like, was not focused on you at all, bud. Yeah. You really put yourself in the crosshairs here for no reason. Sid says that Hall screwed him, and Hall says he doesn't lay down for anybody. Wait, I thought that uh, they didn't screw him. I thought they tried and failed. I thought that was the whole thing that Sid just fucking said. Yep. You, you also perked up a lot at the... Uh, that Hall mentioned in the click, and I'm like, no, that's it's just a general. Yeah, I thought it was something bigger, but they just go on for the rest of this episode to bring up WWF things, and I'm like, oh, you're just trying to be cool. Okay, no, it's literally it. just like, hey, remember how we're friends with Shawn Michaels and Triple H and Xbox? Yeah, remember we were in WWF, is what that says. Yeah, which he continues to do multiple times through the episode, which is it's like kind of funny if you're in it, but like it's also kind of annoying. So Nash points out that Bret Hart actually cost Sid the match, not Hall or Nash. And then Brett comes out onto the ramp with no crutches. And I'm like, okay, smart. Just come out to the yeah. ramp. Don't come into the ring because you're wounded and there's three guys who want to kick your ass. Three what? So, yeah, Brett comes out and calls them three big pussies. <laughs> like, not bleeped or anything. Isn't, like, pussies should be a, like, network no-no, right? No, he's just referencing the uh, Sopranos. Okay. So he can get away with it. I really did not expect to hear the word pussy. No, on... both of us were like, what? We're like Southern Bells fanning ourselves. Oh, my stars. So Brett doubles down on, on saying Goldberg is still the U.S. champion. Hall then tells Hart to bring it and Hart walks towards the ring. The outsiders bail like as Goldberg is emerging through the crowd. Goldberg spears Sid and then challenges Sid to an I quit match. And I'm like, yeah, I felt that coming with how yeah, much. Right. So like, I didn't quit. You quit. Quit. Right. Quit. Quit. Yeah. So Sid accepts that match for Mayhem, and so I guess we have our, not technically our first match set for Mayhem, because we know that we have the tournament finals at least set for True. that, but. There was a line at the end of this that I liked, where um, Sid was like, to Hall and Nash, you guys want to play games? And Hall's like, yeah, I like games. <laughs> they don't give a fuck. <laughs> but then Sid's response was, you hide, I seek, and destroy. That was not Sid's line. Was it not? No, this is because uh, Goldberg's music hits. Oh, it was Goldberg. Okay. As he's like still doing his promo and tells Hall and Nash. Maybe it was They're going to play a, okay. hide a game of hide and seek and seek and destroy. I just like the, you want to play games? Yeah, I want to play games. I like games. So this is 
This isn't intentionally setting anything up for later tonight, but I guess it is. And uh, we have a match for Mayhem that Woo. I'm substantially less excited for. Yeah, I guess the whole streak thing is just officially dead. Yeah, they, they dropped that. Especially because he lost to Scott Hall. So, like clean lost. Yeah, they dropped well, that not, shit. Not, well. well, it was like a clear pinfall. Yeah, I was going to say, it wasn't got, clean, but it was definitely you, know what I you mean. lost. Yeah, it, it was a clean loss. Which, yeah, it really makes that whole story entirely. Yeah. I really thought they were to keep that going because like, oh, he didn't, you know, get pinned or submit at the pay-per-view. So watch them bring it back next week that for some was fucking in, reason. That was in the like transition period between Bischoff and Russo. So I'm wondering if that's just something from Bischoff that got dropped. Yeah. So we'll see these men a bunch tonight. I think actually, do we see all of them twice? Who do we see more? Hall and Nash or fucking Sting? See, Sting, I didn't mind. Hall and I Nash. I did. We, I got really tired of Sting through the episode. Oh my God, this man was everywhere. Well, our tournament matches tonight are Bret Hart and Perry Saturn. Norman Smiley versus Kidman. Lex Luger has gotten a bye against Mengs. I guess he was taken out last week. That didn't really seem like he can't compete. Yeah. They're going to do Sting and Luger next week. Chris Benoit versus Medusa in Yikes. one that we were like, hey, remember how things were uncomfortable last week? Let's have Benoit face a woman. Yeah, that works. That's about right. Yeah. Scott Hall versus Lash LaRue in, I think, the weirdest match tournament so far. Yeah, it sneaks up on you, though. Yeah. Buff Bagwell versus Vampiro, and then Kurt Hedding versus Jeff Jarrett. <sighs> also tonight, we're going to get Luger versus Sid and Sting versus Goldberg. Yeah, there's a lot of bangers on this card tonight. I'm trying to think if there are any matches that aren't advertised right here that we do. Probably. Oh, yeah. The main event. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the main the main match. The big one. Yeah, big one's relative. Yeah. When it only goes four and a half minutes, is it really a big one? Was it even four and a half minutes? Yeah. God, it didn't feel like it. Backstage, Mike tonight interviews Sting, and Sting <laughs> calls out Luger's bullshit from last week and threatens to beat the truth out of him. Get used to this. Says tonight will be different from Halloween Havoc in terms of him facing Goldberg, and it's showtime, folks. It's showtime. He actually delivered it a little bit better this he week. He did. I didn't it actually mind it. felt like authentic. I also appreciated him not being an idiot, and I was like, yeah, I watched the footage. Lex is being a big fucking faker. Yeah. <laughs> like, it made him look intelligent. I'm like, oh, good. They very much are having him be a face again. It's like, nah, just forget that, like, six weeks of him being a heel. Well, you've told me your, from your own mouth on this recording that Vince Russo does not give a shit about heel and face dynamics. So yeah, he's can also, we, like, stop acknowledging the heel and face bullshit of it all? He's also a big fucking hypocrite. But can we, like, not do the heel and face thing? Because you, you, like, go on to, like, make me feel like I don't know what's happening. Like, oh, well, obviously he's a heel. Obviously he's... No one knows who the fuck is a heel and a face. Can we just drop that? Well, that's what wrestling is based off of. So, no. I know, but the man who is booking <laughs> yeah, the show doesn't big, care. And he's a big fucking hypocrite because he's given Sting a big fucking face face turn in these last couple episodes. Clearly, he knows how to turn, make, he, turn somebody baby just face. Just because he knows how to do it doesn't mean that he's going to do it. He's, he literally is doing it. He doesn't care. Sting is a face on this show. On this episode, but the next week it might be a heel. He was a face last week, too. But it doesn't matter. He's facing Luger next week. He's a face going forward. It's a, it doesn't matter week to week is what I'm saying. So it's like, you can't just say, oh, well, Sting has been a face for this whole run. Like, has he? I'm saying since Russo took over, Sting has actually mostly been a face. Can we, like, middle ground it and say that all of these characters are ambiguous? No, he's a face. Can we just say there is light and dark in all of them? No. Oh, okay, well... I think the problem is Russo's not writing it like there's light and dark in any of them. 
he's just writing it inconsistently where someone comes out and makes the save and then is a completely different character the next week. It's right. not, oh, it's the same character with a little bit of an edge. It's, no, this is a different person Right, now. right. So don't make me feel like I'm not keeping up when I'm trying to be like, oh, that's not a heel and face thing. Like, I'm, I'm doing my goddamn best over here. Listen, just because he's inconsistent doesn't mean it's not happening. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, Miss Elizabeth escorts someone, oh, who could it be, into the arena. It's Lex. See, you made it. It was not sneaky. It was pretty obvious that it was Lex, I thought at least. Well, he was wearing a hoodie, like, pulled with the strings pulled all the way. Like, I don't want wearing sunglasses. Well, honestly, I looked so quick, I thought it was Kimberly. You thought Miss Elizabeth was Kimberly, yeah. For a split second. And then I think we see us seeing Kimberly the next segment. I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. Because earlier tonight, Kimberly asked for extra security because of David Flair and get ready for a fucking lot of this. Which, just to talk about it now, David Flair is somehow no-selling getting hit by a car. I know it was at low speeds, but come on. It was a week ago. Austin's out for like eight months. Maybe more. I think ten months. This isn't no-selling. David's just built different. (laughs) This is what peak performance looks like. Exactly. You might not like it, but... Yeah, I mean, I guess just the slow speeds account for it, as opposed to, I think we acknowledge David took his own bump last week, as opposed to Austin gets a stuntman in. I mean, I, I, granted, I've never been hit by a car, and I hope I never do get hit by a car, but the hit that David took, I would think maybe he broke a rib. And you can, like, you can live with a broken rib, like, what he did this week, he could do with a broken rib. That's my point, is, it was at slow enough speed to where they trusted David Flair, of all people, to be like... You could do this on your own, right? Yeah. Then again, in a few weeks, they're going to have Bret Hart. I don't even know what it is. They're going to have him do something stupid, and he's going to be like, what the fuck am I doing in, in this industry? Like, my brother died doing something stupid just like this. So they don't seem to have a lot of regard well, for people's safety. Well, no. No one ever said that they did. Yeah, I'm just saying, I don't think he's no-selling the car hit. I, I think no-selling <laughs> is putting it heavily. He's, fine. he's absolutely fine this week. I don't think he got hit that hard. <laughs> So backstage, Hall and Nash ponder if, if they also need extra security. And Nash notes that he's gotten his manager's license. Yeah, I got it framed. How cute. I couldn't tell if it was framed or if it was like a plaque or something. Oh, it might have been a plaque. I don't know. So then we go to the ring. Filthy animals are here and their theme plays for about four seconds. Like we cut to them. And the theme's not registered. going. And then the theme plays for like four seconds. And I then the they go into the promos. Conan cuts this promo and has a new catchphrase. Oh, my God. He's wearing this, like, beautiful, fluffy hat. And he invites Tori over to feel the hat. So she comes and touches it. He says, feel that. That's enough. <laughs> so this is a thing now. I love it. I feel like last week was more authentic, though. So I think that was a better bit than this is. I want this to be a comedy character where he just comes around with, like, odd textures. <laughs> and just is backstage. Feel that. That's enough. That's enough. Or like it's like it's a guessing game and he blindfolds people and it's like, feel that. That's enough. Now what was it? Oh, this is uh I hate this promo. I fucking hate this promo. I I didn't take a lot of notes. Eddie Eddie says something. I didn't take a single word of it down. No. Ray insults Asia's looks and then threatens to hump the revolution. And he like does humping motions at the ropes. They're they're doing the whole we're a dog in heat, and I'm just like Yeah. So this prompts the revolution to come out, and by them I mean Dean and Asia. We both agreed. Asia was looking pretty good this week. Asia's cute. They yeah. really did her dirty with the makeup. In yeah, the they. I think what it was is they kind of gave her the, the Homer Simpson shotgun makeup before. Asia's very pretty. Yeah. And she's built like a brick shit house. Yeah, so don't tell her she's not pretty. 
So Dean challenges Ray and Tori to a mixed tag team match. And honestly, I was getting paranoid in my own brain. If you're talking about this fucking Ray knee injury for so long. Mm. And Dean actually notes the knee injury. So I'm like, okay. So it's it definitely thing. has happened. So Ray seems to agree to the mixed tag match. And we get that later. So I guess he did. I guess he did. Next up, we get Norman Smiley coming out in hockey gear to face Kidman. Please, call him by his real name. Oh, sorry. It's, it's Screamin' Norman. Commentary notes that we have a main event tonight. It's Hall, Bret Hart, Sid, and Goldberg in a four-way ladder match. They call it like... Tor- like a tex- Texas Tornado ladder match. Yeah. Why we- the fuck is it called a Texas Tornado? I know it sounds on the nose. That's an old like Texas like Von Erichs kind of thing. No, well, it's just a four-way. Yeah, because yeah. usually that relates to if you're doing a tag team match and... Everyone's just in the ring at once. And for some reason in that match, again, ladder match, right. there's going to be a special guest referee. Why is there a referee in a ladder match, you may ask? We may never know. Why is there a special ref? I mean, like, somebody seems to go, yeah, match is over. But, like... Yeah, the guy ringing the bell can do that. That's a lot of power for him. You sure about that? I don't know. I'd want that job. That's how we get a Montreal screw job, Emily. Oh, should we be blaming the guy that rang the bell in Montreal? No, no Hebner called for the bell. Mm. But the guy who rang the bell didn't have to ring the bell. Hmm. Theories. So, yeah, Norman's out in hockey gear. Brian Knobs and Jimmy Hart come out to commentary. Kidman knocks the helmet off of Norman, and then Kidman spanks Norman for some reason. Yeah, why? Norman hits a shoulder block as Knobs takes offense to Norman being the king of hardcore. I'm like, who called him that? I guess the fans, but... Yeah, I don't think he ever referred to himself as the king of hardcore. We then get a wheelbarrow wiggle face buster from Norman, and then he goes for the big wiggle. Hell yeah. Kidman dropkicks Norman to the floor, and Nobbs breaks a hockey stick over Norman's back. He throws Norman back in the ring, and Kidman gets the pin. Boo. Yeah, this was the least fun of all the Norman stuff lately. Yeah. I think they kind of wrote themselves into a corner of, shit, he's in the tournament. We need to have him lose at some point. Yeah, and they're not doing my boy very very good either. Yeah, what Billy Kidman hasn't done anything, it feels no. like, in a few weeks. Well, the filthy animals are becoming more and more, like, gross. Yeah. They're not like, oh my god, it's my favorite characters. Like, three of my favorite wrestlers are in that faction, and I don't really want to see them. I know. Like, I, it's like, so ugh. sad. Yeah. Like, Eddie's actually done soon, and I'm like, I think I know. This is the last we're going to see Eddie in, I bet. Yeah. They all leave at the, that one pay-per-view, but Eddie's last match is, a, like, a month and a half before. Mm, shit. This was a nothing match. Let's go no. backstage. Sting looks for Lex Luger. Lex is hiding in the laundry room. Yeah, not well. He, they're just like standing. Yeah. They're not like crouched behind a machine or anything. Oh, here's how not well it was. Sting was looking for him and they managed to cut directly to him. Right. So clearly the camera found him pretty fucking good. I mean, yeah. Are you just making like Sting look stupid? David Flair is here with a crowbar again. With his psycho eyes. Yeah. They, they threw some makeup on him just to kind of make him look a little crazy. They darkened up the circles under his eyes. Yeah, it looks like he's... They're going for the whole sleep-deprived nut job sort of thing. Yeah. It works. It works quite well. Backstage, Kevin Nash puts on a silly hat and uh, <laughs> Hall gets his, his extra security. He has this... It's like a turban, kind of. It's like a polka dot turban. Yeah. I don't really know what he's he's going. I really I don't know what he's going for. Yeah, it's it's a mix of a lot of things. There's there's some Johnny Carson in this. There's some weird children's cartoon shit in this. Yeah, I don't know. He puts on a great voice later though. We'll have you do an impression of that later. I cannot. It's gonna come out as a Jerry Lawler impression. It's not that far off. 
So Sting comes out to the ring, not for his match. Sting calls Lex out and gives him three seconds. I th- at least I thought he said three, but thirty. Not- okay, oh, did he say thirty? He said thirty. Yeah. Okay. Sting says they can do this nice and easy, or nice and rough. Ooh. Liz comes out and slips on the the covered ramp. Yeah. Once again, the women have the ramp covered for some reason. Because they're wearing heels, and they can break their ankles if they trip. Have you ever worn heels, Nick? Yeah. No Lex here. Um, Liz says the package wants to apologize and that Lex treasures his friendship with Sting. Sting then like awkwardly threateningly hugs Liz, taunts her for a bit and is like, you need to tell him to come out right now. Basically implying if he doesn't, something bad will happen to you. Yeah. So Luger's music hits and he comes out to the ring. Luger says he comes in friendship and they can work this thing out. Tells Sting not to listen to the fans. Once again, it's like, mm-hmm, he's a face. Luger says he's sorry, but gets distracted by the fans in the middle of talking and then says they need to mend the fence between them. I did note, Luger says he's sorry. Luger never admits what he did. He just goes, ah, sorry about that. No. He, he never says for what. He just like, oh, sorry you're upset, basically. Yeah, I don't. I didn't like this. I don't like this character work on on Luger. It doesn't make him look good. It doesn't make anybody look good. I don't oh, like I th- I thought it was good. He's he's be, he's a manipulative, toxic friend. I mean, sure, he's manipulative and toxic. I just I just don't like this angle of like I don't know trying to come out and be like we're blowing this out of proportion. Like it's a little gaslighty, but I don't like it from Luger. I think from somebody else it might be better. I don't <laughs> like this from Luger. I think you just described Lex Luger's career. I don't Maybe. like this from Luger. If it was somebody else. Maybe, yeah. I can, yeah, I can get on board, but not Luger. No, he just doesn't do it well enough. It it almost comes off like he's trying to be sincere, and it shouldn't. It should come off slimier. <laughs> I got I, I the slime, but maybe it's because I, I get the slime maybe, so much. Maybe it's because I, I don't like Lex Luger all that much. I mean, I don't either, but this didn't yeah. come off slimy. So Luger asks for a hug. Sting then chokes him in the corner and threatens Luger to never swerve him again. Because if he does. I'll get you. I'll get you. So they kind of stand in an awkward spot, but uh, yeah, they have a match next week. So I am looking forward to that. I think they they set that up pretty well. Yeah, we'll see. Backstage, Kimberly gets confronted by somebody off camera who I guess plans to murder her because like, like the lights go out, like red light hits. Yeah, and it's like, oh, I guess this is it for that this week. But no, whoever it was, it's David Flair. <laughs> it didn't sound like David, but then we cut to commentary, and one of them was like, "Was that David Flair? Like, was it?" Yeah, like she's cornered. I don't know how she got out of that because we don't see her leave. But, but she does. Yeah, but nothing happens there. Yeah. Then we get Surge Watch. Surge Watch is back. Surge Watch is like in full form this week. Yeah. Tony shows off a special can of Surge with Goldberg on it. Bobby derails him and this segment never gets, never really gets back on the rails. No, it really it's like, well, it there's, falls um, apart. A can and let's go to our next match. Like, yeah. <laughs> what were you going for there? I think he was just trying to advertise the like character specific cans, and yeah. then Bobby was just like, Arr! "So let's uh, let's go to our next match in the WCW title tournament. It is Medusa versus Chris Benoit." Listen, at least we're getting this out of the way early. Yeah, I wrote, "Oh, good, a nice palate cleanser from our uncomfortable Chris Benoit matches as of late." Hmm. Benoit out wrestles her and is like, "Okay, like leave. I don't want to do this match." And but I'm they're like, actually wrestling. Yes. It's actual wrestling. I'm kind of like impressed and into it at this point. I'm like, shit, they're actually giving her offense. Medusa hits kicks and then a hurricane rana. Then Benoit just puts Medusa down at the corner with a chop. Oh, like, yeah. Holy that was a shit. hell of a chop. I mean, to be fair, it was the one move of offense she was taking in the match, I guess. Yeah. You know. But the fact they gave her convincing offense, I was pretty impressed. Bobby had a line that made me laugh of talking about Benoit doing the diving headbutt. And he's like, you do it to Medusa, he'll bounce. Yeah. 
Evan Courageous then comes down to the ring, and the ref's checking on Medusa, and I, I must have missed something on Thunder or fucking Saturday night, because Evan Courageous and the ref just start brawling, and I'm like, The ref what? throws hands? Yes. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a ref throw hands. I'm like, what is this? So then Jeff Jarrett comes out, and he and Benoit fight. I'm like, Why? And then Benoit wins by DQ because yeah. of all this bullshit. Yeah, Benoit wins by DQ and then leaves. Jarrett gets in the mic and is explaining to Medusa that this isn't the WWF. And then she hits him a bunch. Good. Fuck him up. And then he no-sells it, leaves the ring, and is like, I just screwed you out of the tournament. And I'm like, what? what, what is was the goal here? I don't know. I was really impressed with Medusa during this whole match. I'll say that. Did a couple things, but. I like that they're not playing Medusa as the weak little girl character. And I think that that needs to be applauded when it happens. I think I I would have given had to given an ironic best bit if they had Chris Benoit do the Evan Courageous match from last week where Medusa oh. comes out and seduces him. I would think I would have had to give that an ironic best bit, but uh, alas. Unfortunately, we didn't get that. Yeah, you enjoyed this more than I did. I thought it was mostly pointless. I just like when they're showing female wrestlers holding their own against pretty big male wrestlers. I I think that's a really good thing to be showing. And Medusa is doing really well holding her own and not being, like, walked all over. Yeah. No Molly Holly lately. No. I'm wondering if she got cut. No, I think she sticks around to the end. I knew she enters WWF in, like, 2001, so I would assume she sticks around to the end. Is she an invasion girl, or...? She's pre-invasion, because uh. when they put her with the Holly cousins, they have her and Spike Dudley do a whole Romeo and Juliet thing. Oh, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. Let's go backstage. We get our Dr. Claw segment. Chavo Guerrero pleads his case to Vince Russo to be on TV, and Russo's not impressed. It's like Chavo was getting fired. It half seemed like that, but... He better not be getting fired. He is also around for a while. I don't know what their end game is for this. Especially with the, this clip that comes after it. I'm like, what are you trying to do? Yeah, because backstage, Jim Duggan cleans the powers of bees toilet. Jim yeah, and he got fired last week. So he didn't, he didn't get fired. He just got, I guess, realigned because yeah, he's he's now a janitor, which will come up in stories and titles. Of course. So let's go to our next match. This is not no, this is not in the tournament. So this is one of those that was not announced. <laughs> not announced, and um, we get Disco Inferno's music hitting. No ugly gear for him. Just the cheetah pants. And then we're like. Oh, who's he going to face? He gets in the ring and we see fucking Rick Steiner. We're like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. It didn't go well. Don't worry. Tony Marinara's here. <laughs> we'll get there, please. <laughs> yeah. So Rick starts beating Disco down before Disco's even done with his entrance. The jabroni from last week comes out. He's got a name. He's got a name. It's fucking Tony Marinara. Tony Pajamas. 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 Jesus Christ. He wants his money. That's his whole character. Give him the yeah. money. He comes out with a bucket of full of, I guess, concrete. It looked like cement. Yeah. Yeah. Because it plays into the finish, which is Steiner hits Disco with the bucket of concrete and then hits a German suplex in the ring and wins. Tony Marinara then chases Disco around the ring with the quote unquote concrete and like keeps threatening to pour it. But, but, like, is holding it at an angle, it should be coming out. And, like, doesn't spill any until, like, the seventh toss. Right. So, I don't yeah. know. Fucking Tony Marinara. Vince, you're from New York. What the fuck? Yeah, he should be offended by that, right? He's doing the New York Italian stereotype. I don't know why that just broke me in this instant. I don't, I don't know. know. Sting and Goldberg get ready for their match. 
Backstage, Kevin Nash does his uh, outfit reveal. Says he's the Grand Wizard of Wrestling. And I'm like... Let's just call him the Wizard of Wrestling. Yeah. How about that? Just for the listeners, he is not dressed like Oz. No. That's worth noting. So his hat is, like Nick said, polka dotted and multicolored. He's wearing a jacket that's like... A different kind of polka dot. The Riddler if he went to like a gay pride parade. And I can't even describe the pants. He shows Nash that in his pockets, because now that he's a manager, he has powder, chloroform, and brass knuckles. <laughs> that, it came with the plaque. Hall feels bad about duping Sid last week and thinks that they should make good with him. And Nash actually like breaks his like fun character and is like, you want to be friends with a fucking psychopath? <laughs> I do kind of like Hall in that, that moment of just like, no, nah, I just want to like make nice. I want things to be cool. So we'll get a lot more of these two later. I I cut out us me saying I think we got thirty five minutes of Kevin Nash last week. Uh, I think we got thirty five minutes of Kevin Nash this week. Oh yeah, which is weird because he's not even the one writing the show at this point. No, and he like makes it known that he's not the one writing the show. So then we get Mean Gene in the ring. He's here for the Nitro Girl Finals. Woo! They just go down the line. It's like say your name and where you're from. And all right, I have their names. I don't have where they're from. As oh shit, I have their names too. I don't ah, have where they're from either. We got Zuli, Ashley, Keisha, Jamie, Keisha. Oh, Keisha, sorry, Jamie, Nicole, Amy, Stacy, and Lauren, and then they all dance. And it's great. Oh my god! <laughs> this, I think we need to retract some comments we previously made about the Nitro girls phoning it in because, uh, ooh. No, these girls were not phoning it in. True. They were just they, they were trying. They just they were trying very hard. How long ago do you think they got the choreography? A week. I was going to say, you don't think they got it the, the morning of? Well, I guess if they're flying not from all over the place. Like, yeah, maybe the morning of, maybe yesterday. Yeah. But they very clearly rehearsed this in a space that was bigger than the ring because their spacing is all fucked. They're all kind of like bumping each other. Nobody's really sure of the moves that they're doing. It's well, one, not one, great. Once again, Stacy, like not a standout dancer here. Not good, but she has hella leg. So yeah. there's She's that. like a foot taller than everyone Every, else. Oh my God, yeah. Even grinds up on Mean Gene at one point. Oh, yeah. She knows where the money is. Like, she's trying to get in where she can. So then we get AC Jazz coming out. One of the Nitro Fucking girls. AC Jazz. Tells the girls to leave. Gene leaves, too, for some reason. Calls them all skanks when they're leaving. I assume Gene was excluded from that, but I could be wrong. <laughs> I could, yeah, Gene's a skank. Hey. <laughs> she said there's, she's sick of these wannabes. She is not confident on the mic. Has she been a Nitro girl for a while? I think so. I don't think she, I don't recognize her at all. I'm wondering if she's like kind of new. To too. be fair, we we just recognize Spice, and Spice comes out, and Spice is definitely the face here because it's like, no, they're not skanks; they're great. Spice is ready to throw hands until they have to throw hands. Where oh, clearly yeah. they were ready for the other Nitro girls to break it up earlier because they just kind of do the like the, the whole circle and kind of half grab each other. And yeah. Push. I was like, expecting it to be a dance battle. I'm kind of sad it wasn't. I know. We were both ready for like, all right, dance off. I'm kind of sad it wasn't a dance off. There's always next week. So, yeah, they don't know how to brawl. The Nitro Girls break it up. And, uh, and then we cut to Kimberly getting murdered. <laughs> I was like, isn't the winner of, this, of, the, of the contest going to be so glad they're joining the Nitro Girls? I know, right? They're really kind of ruining the Nitro Girls right before they bring on a new Nitro Girl. Yeah, because whoever, whoever they hire, like, hey, one of your coworkers just called you a skank on live television. Care to comment? So yeah, Kimberly back is backstage and I guess tries to bait David Flair. And we'll get more of that later. It's very slasher film. 
It's like David Flair watched a horror movie or he like he watched The Shining and then he watched Halloween and then he watched Saw and he was like, I'm going to take all of that and put it into one. Character. No, he watched the first 80 percent because he doesn't know what to of do. Of all three of those movies. Yeah. He doesn't know what to do once he gets her. Yeah. Well, speaking of weird horror movie kind of stuff. Oh, don't 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 get me started on this fucking segment. They say we're going to Goldberg versus Sting, but instead we get some ominous music and Seven is here to debut and he floats down into the ring in a. Kind of awesome entrance. I think, I think literally he's like floats all the way from the stage into the ring and then yeah, kind of like levitates down. Sick. He's he's he in, had the full lighting. He had the full like fog. It was the full it paint. was Undertaker esque. It yeah. was fucking awesome. Honestly, it's almost a little on the nose Undertaker esque because he's in yeah. the he's in the trench coat and the hat yeah. too. But it was so cool. Yeah, and um, you finally clocked who this was like mid entrance, and I'm like, yeah, oh, they like they no. panned up from like under his chin or something and that's kind of where i was like i think i know that face well emily who is it mm. it's gold dust a wrestler that i obviously love so much in wwe yeah so seven grabs a mic the first thing he does is crap on the gimmick he's currently doing and is like you might have known me as gold dust and yeah. gold dust sucked well. and it's like so cool so this gimmick sucks the gimmick people like you for sucks cool I didn't think this gimmick sucked, dude. I like this. He says he wanted to come back and just be Dustin, but the powers that be won't let him, and well. he just keeps crapping on this new gimmick. The reason he can't do the gimmick is because Sanders of Practices saw the vignettes and was like, yeah, this is kind of pedophilic looking. I really did not get pedophilic from those vignettes. I can see how people would, but it, I didn't get well, that at all. Well, the, the one thing that I think of is... I admittedly, I didn't think the vignettes were a little pedophilic. I didn't think the character was going to be. Like, no. I, I, I didn't think Dustin Rhodes was going to come out here and play a pedophile. I just thought he was going to be a weird, spooky character. The vignettes, I really didn't get pedophile. I got monster under the bed. Yeah. I didn't get, like, this is a strange man outside your kid's window that's going to abduct him and, like, molest him. I just got, like, your kid is having nightmares and this is what he sees in the reflections in the window. It's scary. It's spooky. It's a monster. I didn't get pedophile. <laughs> So Seven tells the powers to be to take Goldust and Seven and shove it up their ass and they can kiss his ass. He also notes that last week his father called him and I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> you and your dad don't really talk. Aww. But appa- yeah, apparently Dusty is gone from WCW and he implies that he got fired. No, he quit. Uh, Dustin is pissed. Dustin promises to make the, the writers' lives WCW and TNT hell and they will never forget the name of Dustin Rhodes. We had different takeaways from this. I fucking hated this. I thought this was awful. I thought this was assassination of the brand, of the character, of the person of Dustin Rhodes, of WCW as a whole. I thought this ruined almost everything. I thought this is this is where this should die. If I was a fan watching this, I'd be like, oh, this is canceled. Fuck me. I'm going over to the other show. This is awful. Yeah, this wasn't good. The only exception I have to make is... Dustin Reynolds actually cuts a decent promo here. So I agree with you. In terms of like delivery. I agree with you. He's a good speaker. If he came down to the ring as Dustin Reynolds and gave that promo, yeah, I bet it'd be good. Because of how he came down to the ring, it was it was <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we, Because of him as the character with the entrance that was fucking sick and he says that, yeah, it ruined it. I don't give a shit what came out of his mouth. It was bad. Yeah, he compares the, the look to they got me dressed like Uncle Fester. No, it was all bad. Yeah, it. Admittedly, I'm not excited for Dustin Rhodes. The fact that he comes back is baffling. Yeah. Like. Well, 
he was told to do this. Which I, that should also be a massive sign of like, yeah, we're fucking dead. If this is how we're getting people to stay by like throwing ourselves under the bus, how does that make any business sense? See, what you're missing, Emily, is you're missing the question Vince Russo wants you to ask. Why are you watching the show? Is it a work or is it a shoot, Emily? Oh, he's he's out there shooting. There comes a he's point. He's going against the script. Nick, there comes a point where it doesn't give it doesn't matter if it's a work or a shoot. You are ruining your own company. Oh, yes. It doesn't matter if it's a work or a shoot, Vince Russo. You are fucking yourself. Yes. This is not a good thing. You shouldn't be asking that question when this is what we're asking the question about. This is just this is assassination why. of character. This is just bad. This is why he gets fired twice. Why did he get hired again? Well, that's a, I think that they were paying him a lot of money. This is where I'm citing the... Like, we can go back to this on our next awards. This is where I cite WCW has died. Oh. This is... Everything after this is a postmortem. <laughs> this is this is where it dies. Oh, I'm sure it can't get any worse. I'm just saying this is where it got shot in the head. Should our new logo just be the Simpsons, like, screen grab of stop? It's already dead. <laughs> Make that our uh, Twitter banner. <laughs> It's not a bad idea. Yeah, <sighs> this this got me heated, and I had to like take a couple like I had to yeah you were like a little bit. I'm, I was I'm done. really fucking angry because I was so hyped about the intro, and then it just got shat on. I was just I was ready to be done for the night. Yeah, I almost wonder how much money went into that. Probably significantly too much. And then the icing on the cake. We go backstage. David Flair is just still stalking Kimberly, and it's like, can you just kill her? Just fucking kill her. Can, 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 just, I, I don't need to see you be close to killing her 20 times. Like. Yeah, no, it does kind of get annoying with the stalking because he comes back to this like three or four more times. It's also not fun because there's no back and forth. If there was like Kimberly trying to get one over on David, then maybe it'd be more interesting. But it's she, just she had, a, she had a single shot. I didn't know she was hiding she? or trying to bait him, honestly. That's I the thought problem. she just like fumbled the crowbar or whatever she was holding. I don't know. No, she didn't get any. There has been no back and forth for it, so it was just. Well, they're also lame. only cutting to it for like twelve seconds. Yeah, but you can still do something in those twelve seconds. Anyway. Also backstage, Hall and Nash try to talk to Sid. Luger and Liz talk about making something up to Sting. It's like, oh, you know, he's mad at me. I'll do something for him. Let's go to what I thought was going to be a shining light on this show, at the very least. It's Goldberg versus Sting, and. I wrote, imagine having this match and not advertising it at least a week out. Having this match, not advertising it, and putting it mid-card. We get the full Goldberg entrance. Yeah, the full Goldberg entrance. I think it goes longer than the match. It sure does. Because Sting almost immediately locks in a sleeper, and I think Luger misses his cue by a little bit, because they just stay in this sleeper for a bit. Luger finally comes down. We get a ref bump. Liz tries to mace Goldberg like a couple times. Like they have to go to the they like go to the ropes like three times and. But here's the thing: she doesn't have mace. It's it's perfume. Oh well, she tries to spray with something. If it's if it's trying to be, it might be trying to be sold as mace. But that's the way that it was sprayed: hundred percent perfume. So Luger then grabs Liz's hand like he's trying to stop her, but then they spray it so blatantly in Sting's eyes that I'm like, this is botched in the sense of. If you're trying to make me doubt he did it on purpose, you did it too intentionally and then tried to sell it like it wasn't. You either meant to clip both of them or you just are bad actors. And did you notice that Lex Luger was like kind of helping her pump the perfume? Well, that's the according to to commentary, he was trying to stop her. No, he was pushing the button. That's that's my point here is that they they fumbled this so bad that it just... It came off the, the execution of uh, of this. 
So this isn't the first time of Luger fucking up one of these spots. I I try to remember when it is, but there's one where Lex is meant to punch Hulk Hogan, but then Hogan ducks. And when Hogan ducks, Lex like stops the punch and then goes, wait, I need to do the spot. And then like right. throws another punch. And it's like, you completely botched that spot. And where now it looks like he punched the guy on purpose. Yeah. Goldberg gets a spear, jackhammer, and pin sting. And this was just not a Very match. quick nothing match. Should have been a shining light, but there's a reason this was in the mid card and not advertised. Like every time they've done this match, it's been weirdly advertised. Because we had it on a pay per view in like May or June. Yeah. And it was just this like random who's the franchise of WCW. Oh, yeah. Like there wasn't a lot of story going into it. And then we got it at Halloween Havoc, just impromptu. And now we got it again tonight, kind of impromptu. And it's like, yeah. Why don't you want this to be a big match? I don't know. That's a good question. It's a question we don't think we'll ever get the answer to. No, we immediately cut to the outsiders apologizing to Sid. Rick Steiner comes in, wants to know what's going on, and there's not really much chatter there. Apparently that's important, though. Is it? Yeah, for the main event it is. Uh, I guess, yeah. I didn't think anything of that. Yeah, neither did I at the time. We then go backstage. Luger passes by Jim Duggan mopping floors and steals one of the wet floor signs. Kimberly then is, runs into a security guard backstage, but gasp, it's David Flair. <gasps> Mike today interviews Vampiro and the Misfits. Vampiro says being a misfit is a lifestyle and a very mellowed out promo. I'm like, We're all misfits. I think he was going for brooding. He just came off yeah. bored. Yeah. And then we get his match. It's Vampiro <sighs> versus Buff Bagwell. I'm tired. Yeah. Buff comes out and is attacked by the Misfits. They throw Buff into the ring and the match just starts, I guess. Fuck Chuck and if he's okay, but I guess he's also working against the powers that be, so Chuck's out a little bit. Yeah. I'm looking for more logic. I, yeah, I think you're writing more story than they did. Vampiro works over Buff and misses a dive. Get a swinging neckbreaker from Buff, and then a mild ref bump as Buff fights off the mild. misfit. Mild. Berlin then runs out, hits Vampiro with a chain. Buff hits a blockbuster and pins Vampiro. Woo! The wall then brawls with the misfits as Creative Control take out Berlin on the ramp, and that's the segment. We did have a, a little Who's That Pokemon with um, Vampiro and the Misfits. <laughs> yes, you, you had you had an abbreviated one. <laughs> we'll just do Who's That Pokemon. Da-da-da. It's Team Grunt. No, it's Team, you think I'm team Yell. Oh, it's it's Team Yell. The, the Team Yell Grunts. Yes. <laughs> or Team Yell and Team Skull. It was like a combination of the two. Yeah. Not quite a Pokemon, but Pokemon adjacent. Well, I was going to say, if the Misfits are Team Yell, that makes, uh, that makes Vampiro Marnie. <laughs> that tracks. So yeah, once again, barely a match. Yeah. Backstage, Lex Luger feigns an injury laying next to a wet floor sign. Call him Slippin' Lex. The EMTs check him out and are like, um, we're you're pretty sure fine. you're fine. <laughs> Fucking gaslights them. He's like, oh, he's I like, I'm not. injured. You got to take me to a hospital, man. What do you know? Are you an orthopedic surgeon? I'm like, bud. He used that line a couple times. He does. He learned the word orthopedic and just ran with it. Let's go to our next WCW title tournament match. It's Perry Saturn versus Bret Hart. Oh, thank God for this match. Shane Douglas comes out with Perry, pops on the commentary. Bret starts the match working over Perry Saturn's arm. Saturn counters a hip toss, hits a springboard knee, starts working over the leg of Bret. I don't know what the springboard move was supposed to be, but it ended up working out well enough. I think it's Tony on commentary says... In, like, an ominous way, like, oh, I've seen this before with these two of, like, something bad's going to happen. Like, I've seen this before. And then Shane Douglas goes, the world's seen this before. And I was like, yeah. I think that was when Brett started his comeback. Okay. That is, like, the line of, like, the world's seen this before. Like, we've seen this match. We've seen this. This is this has been done. 
Not in a bad way, but we've seen this. Saturn locks in a knee bar. We also get a T-bone suplex to Brett, but Perry misses a lion salt. Russian leg sweep backbreaker and a Brett's rope elbow from Brett. And I think this is where we get that. We've seen this before. Mm. Brett goes to pin Perry Saturn and Asia gets up on the apron. The referee misses this and Brett has to literally point out like, no, you're supposed to look over here. I think you can you can try to like write that as Brett trying to tell the ref like she's trying to interfere. She's being she's interfering in my match. Like I can see yeah, it being written as like mid- he's being a tattletale. I, I see how you see it, too. But if you he had, can rewrite it. If, if he had done it after Saturn kicked out, it was just like in the middle of the pin where it's like, hey, yeah. stop looking at me pinning Perry Saturn. Yeah. Because no, Saturn right. like only kind of kicks out. Yeah. Brett gets a sharpshooter in, but Shane Douglas hits him with his cast. Saturn hits a Death Valley driver, but Brett kicks out of it. Yeah. A little mild pop for that. I feel like they could have been a bigger spot. Brett gets thrown to the floor and Dean runs out to attack Brett like really quickly. It was like yeah. jump scare. He zoomed. Chris Benoit then runs out to make the save, and Saturn dives onto both. Saturn gets back in the ring and tries for a sunset flip, but Brett rolls through it, locks in a sharpshooter, and gets the win. And for uh, most of the last, like, a minute of this, Shane Douglas is just screaming into the microphone. I did not hate Shane Douglas on commentary as much as I thought I would. It's I kind of liked him. I thought it was kind of charming. Yeah. The problem is, we actually, we tend to like Shane Douglas on commentary. We don't like yeah. him cutting a promo. Yeah, there's a difference. He needs someone else there with him to, like, rein him in a little. Yeah. But thank God for Bret Hart. This was actually a this pretty a good really match. This was a really good match. Yeah. Comparatively. Yeah. Based on the new scale, this might have been five Comparatively, this five is stars. a five-star match. Yeah. yeah. Red guy won. Perry got a little bit of shine and actually yeah. like almost beat Bret at one point. And... Definitely. Yeah. No, it was a good match for sure. Mission success. We then immediately cut to Kimberly pleading with creative control. Like, I don't think Bret is even up by the time they cut away. No, he's not. She's like, okay, I need to talk with the powers that be. And they're like, nope, maybe later. <laughs> we'll see. We don't see. Hall and Nash then hang out and joke about the frequency of Austin and Undertaker main events. Yeah, they made a joke about like... Yeah, they they do a whole like uh, Johnny Carson thing with like the envelope to the head. And oh, it's trying like, to guess what's inside. Yeah, it's like the number's 316. It's like, ah, the number of times that Undertaker and Steve Austin have main evented a pay-per-view. I mean, you're not wrong, but uh, like... It's a bit. I w- it's less than five, I want to say. Really? Yeah. Well, together, no, but like in general. No, they were saying facing each other. Oh, well. That was the joke, is that, oh, we're so tired of this matchup. None of the words were directed toward the camera, so I don't feel bad about missing words. Yeah, so Hall asks if 316 is actually the number, and it's like, no, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, I was drunk most of the last year. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. And it's funny, because it's true. I don't even know what this other segment that followed this was, but it's heard Luger is hurt, in quotes. Oh, I don't know. We didn't get Booker T coming out. I'm going to be honest. After the seven thing, I got real salty and stopped taking such detailed notes. So I'm just kind of spitting out sass in my notes at this point. So I don't really take note of all of the backstage segments. Fair. Booker T comes out in street clothes, and uh, apparently Stevie Ray has been suspended for losing to Buff Bagwell last week. Oh, I want it to be known, too, that... um. Nick rewound the file while we were watching so that he could wave back at the guy holding the high Nick sign. Hello. <laughs> if you're out there, hello. He, he, he backed it up because he was like, oh, there's a really important sign in the audience. I was like, oh, this must be a joke or something, like something that goes on in wrestling history. And he just like stops and does a little stupid wave at the screen and says, hi, Nick. I'm like, fuck you, man. So Stevie has been suspended for losing to Buff last week. Apparently, actually, backstage, they're trying to renegotiate Stevie Ray's contract. Oh, really? Yeah, and trying to pay him less. Yeah, well, he got 
deserves less. He's not really doing anything. I saw somebody on Reddit talk about how great all the B team stuff was with Stevie yeah. Ray, and I'm like, dude, yeah? what? Hot take. <laughs> I I started typing out a whole diatribe, and I went, no. If he enjoys that, it's lost on him. You know, don't yuck someone's yums, especially 20 years later. But that's all this podcast is. No, so you, don't direct them to our podcast. No, you can yuck someone's yum. I don't want to yuck anybody's yum. I want everyone to have to find happiness where they can find happiness. This world is dark enough. If you think that the B team was great, I'm glad you found joy. I hope you found peace. Look, if enough people say yum and it should be a yuck, that, that yum is going to become the standard. So Booker says he's not supposed to be here tonight. And I had cl- I, I wanted to do a clerk's joke, but I'm I didn't. not even supposed to be here. And he calls out Creative Control and Jeff Jarrett. Booker says they can come out or he's going to unbutton his shirt, slap them in the face and drag them out to the ring and whip their ass. What an odd, specific threat. He doesn't want to mess up his shirt. Booker says he will suspend creative control's damn life. And I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. Get him. That's a great line. It is. He says he wants a Harlem street fight against Jarrett or all three. Anyone know. Jarrett and creative control come out. Jarrett goes over to commentary and it's like, no. Creative Control, you face Booker, because I have a match later. We get lots of stroke, chosen one, and slap nuts talk from Jared on commentary. Yeah, I kind of tuned Jared out on commentary. I was kind of watching. I was hopeful that some of Booker T's hits were a little little stiff. Yeah. Booker brawls the Creative Control and actually gains control early on and like overcomes the numbers until Jared comes in. And then, I have no idea who this is. Some large black woman, like Jade Cargill looking woman, yeah, just comes in from the crowd and like tries to brawl with Jeff Jarrett. But she's and, very clearly a wrestler. She's oh, in yeah. wrestling yes. attire. I've seen movies where someone gets shot in the head less dramatically than she gets hit with Jarrett's guitar. Oh my God. Holy yeah. shit. He clocks the hell she out of her. She got obliterated. So the ref then calls for the bell and I'm like, okay, I guess no contest. And JJ murdered a woman. We need to call this match. Creative Control beats down Booker, and uh, eventually Booker helps the woman to the back. Yeah, I have no idea who this is, so I'm looking forward to it. At first, to- I thought it was Charmel because, you know, I saw, you know, a black woman with Booker T. I'm sorry. But she's built. Like, she's oh, yeah. jacked. <laughs> she's like Jacqueline, kind of gave me. She gave me Jacqueline vibes. A bit. I think she seemed taller. I mean, she seemed, honestly, yeah. She seemed more buff yeah. than Jacqueline, honestly. This woman will wreck your shit. She and Asia could go up against each other, and I don't know who would come out yeah. on top. So we'll see where that story goes. But I, I did like Booker T here. He showed some good fire. and Oh, yeah. I did like how he got fucked last week and wasn't taking it lying down. So Yeah, no. Definitely good character work on his part. Yeah. So backstage, you get Mike Trenet interviewing Lex Luger and tells Luger that, like, no, you're facing Sid. Luger's like, oh, I'm hurt. I can't do it. So today he tells him, I spoke to the powers that be. If you don't face him, you're out of the tournament. I hope your knee heals up. Yeah. I guess it's one of those with, like, yes, you're faking. We know you're faking. <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows you're faking. Get your shit together. Let's go to our mixed tag match for the night. It's Tori Wilson and Rey Mysterio versus Dean Malenko and Asia. And I don't have faith in Rey and Tori from the get of this yes, match. Yes, Tori, Tori's outfit might have given the game away. Tori comes out in what can only be described as nipple covers and the tightest leather skirt with, like, a slit up the thigh. And high and heels. High heels. I'm like, girl, you're not wrestling. Listen, Stacy was here. She feels threatened. Maybe. And we know that Ray is not at 100%. So, like, yeah. the whole combination, I have no faith. Ray does more than I thought he would. Yeah, he does. Because almost immediately, Asia handcuffs Tori Wilson to the top rope. And it's and like, that's how we get Tori out of this match. Which, cool. Admittedly, I guess it 
helps the character of Tori not look weak because otherwise she would come in to at least try to help. But what the fuck was Tori going to do in this match? Nothing. So Dean works over Ray's knee. We get a delayed vertical suplex from Asia to Ray. I'm like, mm. nice. She's awesome. I really like Asia. The two beat down Ray and Ray hits a vaulting dropkick. And that was the spot where I'm like, oh, okay. So I guess your knee is not obliterated, but. No, it's probably just like a little sore. I, I think he does need surgery because they do oh. write him off here. But there is like a level of like, okay, I can work through it a little bit, but I, yeah. I will eventually need to get surgery. Basically, Mick Foley in most of 99. Well, yeah. Ray dropkicks Asia and then tries for a Bronco Buster on her, but Dean pulls her out of the way and Ray crashes into the turnbuckle. They pull him crotch first into the post and then we get a cloverleaf to Rey Mysterio. He taps out and Dean wins. He's not in it for that long. The filthy animals make the save and Tony's like, oh, well, this is a serious injury to Rey Mysterio. It's like, <laughs> this was not an injury angle. He lost a match. Like, right. There was nothing different about that match. To any other match they've ever had. I mean, minus quality. Um, well, I mean, that but like, It was just like, he, was, he lost to a Cloverleaf. Oh, his knee is, is like destroyed. It's like, what? Yeah, I think it be, because Dean said something earlier, like, oh, your knee. I think that does yeah. help sell it more. Because like, yeah, he shouldn't have You know what would help sell it more? If Ray had sold the knee at all during the match. Well, yeah, that too. Ray doesn't really sell injuries. He also doesn't really get injured. We've talked about this before. Ray gets hurt a lot, actually. Yeah, well. I you think, wouldn't know it. I think that is more of a mid-2000s thing, but Ray misses a lot of time on the WWE roster because of injuries, mostly to his oh. knees. He's so jumpy and flippy. Like, that makes sense. It's the it's the main point of pressure. Yeah, that, that's actually one of the things that people were astounded by when he came back in, like, 2018. He came back looking better than he did in 2006. And it's Do like, you remember how? the fucking match that he did in, what was that, 2019 with Samoa Joe that went for all of 20 seconds? I'll never forget it. At WrestleMania. Yeah, I was so hyped for that match. No, it was but, nothing. But like people point to him versus Andrade around that time. And mm. it's just like how good Ray still was. And it's like, how are you better than you were 15 years ago? What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, because he's amazing. What a guy. Just just don't just don't invite Rhea Ripley to his uh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's like, what a little fucking dick Dominic Mysterio is. Yes. But again, I, I you don't... You ruined the holiday. I'd simp for Rhea too, so. Yeah. Yeah, I probably would too. But like not in a way where I'm going to go on Twitter and thirst about it. Just in a way I'm going to make comments to you. Listen, I'm more of a simp over female wrestlers than I give myself credit for. Like, yeah. I'm not opening this can of worms any further. It's opened. Enough. <laughs> there, We're there, done. The end. There's going to be an emergency podcast whenever S Sasha comes back. It's just going to be 30 <laughs> minutes of you geeking out. It's just going to be me gushing over her. I'd be like, we have to talk about uh, mayhem. You're like, no. Nope. I would divorce Nick Sasha gave me a chance. I am not interested in women in the slightest. I am not interested in women at all. But if Sasha came up to me and said that she loved me and wanted me, I'd be like, all right, let's go. <laughs> I'll make an exception. I think I just like envy women wrestlers. I want to look like them. I want to be them. Do you want to be Kimberly? No. Well, good, because she's still being chased by David Flair. Listen, I got to say, David Flair found his character. Like, he does Psycho really well. Yeah, but I'm already over it by the end of the episode. He does it really well. I'm not over it by the end of the episode, honestly. Like, I'm over, like, the way that they're selling this, but I, I like David Flair like this, actually. Let's go to our next match. It's Sid Vicious versus Lex Luger with Liz. Sid had the security with him backstage when he was coming out for the match. So, basically, everyone has security except for the one person that truly asked for security. Well, he has the security backstage, and then he comes out to the ring, and the security's not there to start. And I'm like, where the fuck did they go? They should be helping Kimberly. 
So Luger then comes out in a wheelchair and he says he can't wrestle tonight, but I will wrestle next week in the tournament. And I'm like, sure, you sure, fucking sure. slime ball. Sting then sneaks out and like puts his puts his hand over Liz's mouth. And he's like, you go to the back. Throws Luger in the ring. Sid rips Luger's shirt off in a spot I really liked because it's the tearaway shirt. <laughs> and then stomps him in the corner. Liz gets in the ring and Luger uses her as a shield. Sid just moves her. That spot led to nothing. Yeah. He's just like, part of me, miss. Luger commits to selling his knee and Sid starts working on it. The security then suddenly comes out. Goldberg runs out. Security just lets him pass. Lets him right through. What's the point of security being here? Go help. Go help Kimberly. If you're not going to be help, any help out here. Goldberg spears Sid. Ref's fine with this. Bell doesn't ring. Yeah. Goldberg then helps Luger up and then spears him as well. And that's the segment. That's the end of the match. I don't. I Honestly, I figured this, this is going to be a case of like the bell rings. Luger immediately leaves the ring and gets counted out. And it's like, I did the match. You can't say I didn't. Mm, fair, but he didn't. But yeah, no. Instead, he's got worked over for a bit. Committed to selling the knee. Like, at that point, just keep... Like, drop the roots. What, what's the point? Unless you're just... Unless I'm you, assuming he's going to milk this for a few weeks. Or at least till next week, because he needs to pull one over on Sting. Yeah. Messy match. I mean, it went Mash. longer than some matches, but yeah. <laughs> Was it a match? Speaking of... Oh, God. This, this is this is one that kind of broke my brain a little bit. And I'm going to get more angry, I think, now than I was yesterday. Really? It's Brian Nobbs with Jimmy Hart versus Bam Bam Bigelow in a hardcore match. This pissed you off? Well, we'll get there. Well, first off, though, Surge Watch. Well, I was going to say, first off, the winner of this faces screaming Norman Smiley at Mayhem for the hardcore championship. Isn't Finley still the champion? Finley's gone. We need to just say RIP Finley. Finley's not coming back. Yes, he is. As far as we know, in this time, he is not the champion. He is not coming back. We need to stop assuming that he is the hardcore champion. Bar none. It's over. Well, Norman's here to do commentary, and uh, Brian Hobbs comes out, throws a surge cooler in the ring, as well as some trash can surge lids in a trash can. We got actual surge. This this was less so. We also we got two showings of the, we've we've done surge watch for the containers. So Nobbs hits Bam Bam Bigelow with, with a trash can, and the bell rings. They brawl in the crowd, and Norman follows with, with a microphone to kind of commentate. They brawl to the back. Nobbs hits Bigelow with a chair and then sets up a table. Nobbs throws Bigelow through the table and then throws him into a basketball backboard that's folded down. Kimberly then appears and asks Bam Bam Bigelow to help her. He then leaves with her, and the referee counts out Bam Bam Bigelow out of a Falls Count Anywhere hardcore match. I remember why this pissed you off. Apparently... Bam Bam Bigelow has left the plane of existence because he is no longer anywhere. What the fuck? Are they just, are they counting it out because he's given up? Like he's leaving the match. No, what it is, is they, they realized they needed a finish because the winner of this faces Norman at the pay-per-view because Norman and Nobbs then start brawling. But how the fuck do you get counted out backstage when everyone's backstage? Right. Of a false count anywhere match. No, you're right. What are rules though? They they need to like bring this back next week and like because, like no the match is actually still going. It would make sense with Bam Bam being like no 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 I didn't lose that match. Just I didn't get pinned. I realize now I'm too exhausted to be as upset Honestly, as I want to yeah. be. It's just fucking stupid. Of all yes. of all, just. There's so many no contests, and this is the one that you go... Why did this one break you? Like, there there are so many no contests, and there's because, so many blatant rule breaks. Why is this the one that got you? Because, if anything, this should have been a no contest. Whatever. He leaves the match. It's a no contest. The fact that 
Where did he need to come back to? What was the radius to which he needed to be back to where he wouldn't have been counted out? Oh, he needed to be mentally back in the match. He left with Kimberly <laughs> to go do something else. He was just like, yeah, I'm done with this. Well, Brian Knob started brawling with Norman. Where's the count out for him? He moved on from the match. He'd already been counted out. No, it was mid-count. They started oh. brawling. I don't know. Don't look for reasoning. Just be dead inside like me. So Bam Bam and Kimberly walk through backstage looking for David Flair. Good guy, Bam Bam. He has like a baseball bat or something. And he goes to open doors to figure out where David is. The first one's locked. He opens the second one. There's just a woman there just like smiling at the camera like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, like some PA or something. Just like, I'm here. Oh, God. How many matches do we have left? Only a couple. Three, four. Let's move on to our next tournament match. It's Scott Hall with Kevin Nash versus Lash LaRue. Again, weird. This this is one of those matches that when you see the lineup, it's like, this is kind of laughable. Who'd give a shit about this match? Yeah, there is one very buff security guard they hold on for a little too long to where I got a little suspicious. Yeah. I kind of read this match as just more reasoning for Hall and Nash to get screen time. Yeah. Which I'm partially correct. However, I was a little bit surprised. Yeah, it went longer than I thought it would. I figured this would go 10 seconds. It went pretty long and it, Lash did not look like an absolute piece of garbage. No. They actually made him look okay. Yeah, they put a little him over. bit. I, I don't know. They put him over. I thought it was actually pretty good. Hall throws his toothpick at Lash and then overpowers him. Lash actually gets some offense. Color me surprised. Hall calls for a test of strength and then just pokes Lash in the eyes in, in a spot I liked. Very character appropriate. Hall hits a choke bottom and messes around with LaRue, so like slapping him on the ground. Oh, I did like the little like head slaps. like Not really hitting very hard, but just kind of like... Bah, 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 bah. Yeah, just a you're not in my league kind of moment. Yeah. Hall locks in an abdominal stretch until he just throws Lash to the ground. And Hall baits the ref so, so Nash can punch Lash. Lash gets his boot up on a, on a Hall charge and gets a bit of a comeback, including a top rope missile dropkick. But Hall counters a shake, rattle, and roll and then hits a last call. Follows that up with an outsider's edge and Hall gets the win. I really enjoyed this match. I know that you're kind of like over it. Well, but, I mean, commentary does try to put Lash over. I think they it, did. I think I don't think it needed commentary. I think Lash got over in this match. He got a little something in the fact that he didn't get, you know, absolutely killed. But it, it, it didn't make me think Lash was anywhere near the league. It didn't Hall. make me think he was anywhere near Hall's league. However, it didn't make me think that he belonged in the bottom of the barrel tier that he's been in. Okay. Yeah. We're it somewhere put him over a little. We're near the same page. Okay, like it, it didn't it didn't do damage to his character. It, I think it did. Oh, no. I think it did good things to Lash Larue as a wrestler. Yeah, we'll see what what they end up doing with him. Like, I mean, clearly they wanted to do something because they, so. they had commentary like go like, oh, you know, this is a bright young star. No, we'll, no. kudos we'll to Hall for making him look good. Hall's actually usually very willing to do business like that. Yeah, unless your name's Shane Douglas. Yeah, well. <laughs> that seems to be the one exception, or Goldust. Mm. But that was more of a homophobic thing. No. Anyway, Hall and Nash celebrate. They tell the Riot Squad to leave the ring. The um, security guards, not Ruby Riot. I was going to say the Riot Squad. Uh, Goldberg was disguised as one of the guards and Spears ah, both Kel men. Spreeze. God, they are really going for a Steve Austin thing with him. Oh, yeah. And, now, uh, I, I think I called that like months ago. Oh, yeah. we, we they, they dabble into it every now and again. But the fact that it's like always Goldberg, I'm like, yeah, I, I get it. And also the fact that it's now... Russo writing it. It's like, yeah. we get it. I feel like a long time ago, I asked you, is Goldberg WCW's answer to Steve Austin? And you're like, nah, no, nah, totally different, totally different. Liar. I mean, he's the answer in the way that you need a top megastar. 
Yeah. He's the same guy. It's the same character. I would disagree with them being the same character. I think Goldberg actually suffers when you try to have him be the Steve Austin character. Maybe. Austin's meant to be much more of like an everyman and Goldberg's more meant to be a tank of a man. I guess that's fair, but I just don't, I don't dislike when Goldberg has like moments of comedy and whatever backstage. Like I kind of like the whole thing with Sid. I like that. Let's move on. We get Kurt Hennig's story recap and then we get his match. It's Kurt Hennig versus Jeff Jarrett in the title tournament. Hennig attacks Jarrett before the bell and Jarrett keeps trying to roll up Hennig and to like fluster him. Like, yep, you could lose your career right here. It's a really quick paced match to start. Like, I like it. I think it's a good pace. And he goes over to Bobby and tells him that there's a conspiracy to get him out of the company. (laughs) They brawl around ringside. Wow, in a Jarrett match? Really? That doesn't sound right. The ref stops Hennig's punches on the outside for some reason. I'm so over this show. I'm like, what? Why? I'm tired of this. And they just keep on brawling out there. I'm over it. Jarrett works over the legs of Hennig and creative control appear on the stage. I'm over it. Jarrett keeps beating down the leg and Hennig fights off a figure four, starts a comeback. We get a ref bump and uh, a Hennig plex, but the ref is down. Creative control, pull Hennig out of the ring. I'm and over it. They have to like walk him all the way around ringside in a spot I kind of laughed at. They try to throw him through the announcer's table they and he just fail. bounces off. So they have to go around and they put him through on the second oh. attempt. Jarrett wins by count out. They were kind of saying something about like, Hennig, like, like, grabbing onto the barricade, like, nope, I don't want to go back in the ring because I'm going to get pinned. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, it was kind of quick. It was weird, but... Dude, I'm so fucking tired of this show. The ref, while counting Hennig out, just ignores creative control actively punching Kurt Hennig. It's the powers that beat. They can do whatever they want. Yeah, and they then throw him back in the ring after the bell for Jarrett to stroke. Fucking care. I don't fucking care. This actually wasn't a bad match. It wasn't a bad match, but I don't fucking care. Yeah. I'm dying on the inside. Now, how much of it is Jeff Jarrett? Because Not much. It's okay. just the, the creative control, the pace of the show, the pace of this match. I'm like, I can't I can't do all of it. It was it was very quick and there was a lot happening. I, I mean we've talked about this before, but Vince Russo really capitalizes on overstimulation. Yeah. And I I felt like this was too much. As we said at the beginning, I am scared for this show going two hours. Because are you going to try to fit this into two hours now? Yes. Yes, they are. So, Emily, we're almost there. Next up, we get Kimberly coming out to the ring. And she calls out David Flair. Tells him to come out. And he does. Looking pretty insane. Listen, he does psycho well. Like, I'm going to give David props. He's actually doing really well in this episode. I know you don't like his angle, but he's doing it very well. But David falls into the trap and is blindsided by Bam Bam Bigelow, although he just gets the better of him with the crowbar. Yeah. Kimberly then bails through the crowd and I thought out of the building, but then we see her trying to get in her car. David Flair gets on top and in some, I noticed it, but I actually thought it was some decent editing. David Flair gets on top of the car and smashes the windows. Yeah. Oh, Kimberly's not in that car. It's a very quick cut. Well, they have a cut to have her no longer be in the car, but I think when he starts smashing the windows... They have him get chased off, and then when they just pan back, and she's in the car. So I think, I think they had her like re-enter at that time. Maybe, but yeah, she definitely was not in that car when he was bashing the windows in. Yeah, so he smashes the windows with the crowbar. Creative control stops him, and then they help Kimberly out and say that the powers that be will see her now. So we'll see where that goes. Probably nowhere interesting. Nowhere interesting. Well, let's go to our main event. For the U.S. title, it's a fatal four-way Texas Tornado ladder match. With, like, no time left on the card. It is Bret Hart versus Goldberg versus Sid Vicious versus Scott Hall. 
Sid and Hall brawl before the faces even come out. That's Brett, how you know we're short on time. Brett limps to the ring. Brett fights both men and Goldberg runs out. There's still no ref as the four men brawl. Who's the special referee going to be? I pretty much called this throughout the night. It's Kevin Nash. Shocker. Especially when Nash didn't come out with Scott Hall. I'm like. Also, he brought the one and only ladder with him? That What ladder match only has one ladder? A lot of the early ones. Oh, that seems dumb. All the cool spots you can do with multiple ladders. Well, as I say, we, a while ago we watched the Shawn Michaels Razor Ramon ladder match. There's only one ladder in that match. There's only two guys. Fair. This is also like a shitty painter's ladder. Like, yeah. Like, like they realized, oh shit, we're doing a ladder match. We don't have Send a someone out to like an Ace Hardware. Yeah. <laughs> Not even a Home Depot. <laughs> so Nash brings the ladder out. Goldberg hits Hall gingerly with the ladder, mm. and it's very clear they did not talk through this match previously. No, no they spots did not. are planned. And to the point where everyone's just kind of like wobbling around the ring, looking at each other, like "fuck, what do we do now?" Yeah, there's a point where Goldberg goes to hit like Sid with the ladder. Sid like fights it off at first, and then Goldberg just kind of stands there and like tells Sid to just turn around. Like doesn't even like kick him or anything, and then Sid turns around to get a ladder shot. They just messily brawl, and somewhere in this brawl, Tony announces that mayhem. It's going to be Kimberly versus David Flair. That's what the powers that be had to tell her. Yeah, no one knows what to do. This is awful. Rick Steiner runs out and hits a Steiner Bulldog on Sid. Swerve? This just sucks. Goldberg and Rick Steiner brawl. Brett climbs the ladder, grabs the belt. Uh, but Nash hits him with a baseball bat after he has the belt. Which, like, so he that wa- should end yeah. the match. So Nash is then holding the title and kind of holds it, like, near the top of the ladder. Hall climbs up one rung. Nash hands him the belt. And we have a new U.S. champion. Could have seen that coming. This is awful. This this sucked. This just sucked. This was it was flat. It was boring. It was, it was poorly worked. It, it was short. Yeah, thank God. There was a weird. Can you imagine if this went longer than five minutes? There was a weird Rick Steiner swerve came out of nowhere and doesn't feel like it's going anywhere. No, I don't think it will. This was a shitty end to a shitty episode. Yeah. Not as bad of an episode as last week, but still, like this one made me want to die more. Last week, I was more, like, laughably bad. This was just like, what the fuck did I just watch? I'm over it. Yeah, we got through this one in one sitting. Ugh. But even though I wanted to die after the seven. Honestly, segment. most of this left my brain after watching it. I, like, obviously I recall it as I'm going through the notes, but I was yeah. just like, we were about to sit down, and I'm like, oh, yeah, we have a poll match. I'm like, no, that was last that week. That was last week, baby. And with that, let's get out of here with best bit, worst bit if you have one, and MVP. Oh, my worst bit, you know, you already know it. Yes, but Emily, let's start with best bit. (sighs) There were very few shining glimmers of light in this episode. Yes. But I gave it to the Perry Saturn Bret Hart match. Yeah, I'm going to do the same. Yeah. It was just obviously the best match on the card, and both men actually looked like they gave a shit about what they were doing, which is rare. Yeah, it was the one that was actually given a little bit of time. Yeah. Would you believe it? You give two guys who can work a little bit of time and they produce something decent. They make decent. a good match. Who'd have thunk it? Emily, what is your worst bit? Obviously the seven bit. Obviously. Anybody who was listening to this podcast and didn't think that was going to be my worst bit, you're fucking stupid. You're not listening. That's actually not going to be my worst bit. You liked it. I would have been shocked if it was your worst bit. Here's the thing. I didn't like, I liked elements of it. I didn't like it. Ugh. I Again, I want to be more outraged about the, the count out. In a, in a hardcore match but honestly just the main event yeah it, it was awful and I like why why did we even need it because it just 
Hall was already walking around with the title. Oh, yeah. And it was incredibly time-wasting and useless and stupid and unnecessary. Yeah, Nash the ref, and he just gave him the, the belt. And I'm just like, what? why? Why do we do all this? Really? As soon as Nash came down, you, you should have known oh, who was going to Oh, yeah, win. exactly. And the fact that <sighs> the fact that Brett actually like takes the title down, like, yeah. Honestly, if he had hit him before he got it down, I mean, I guess it would have been less screwy. But I don't know. I uh, have no it's, idea it's, who my MVP is, Nick. Okay, I actually have one. Go for it. I'm gonna give mine to Booker. I thought he was good in, in his segment and match, and yeah. and when wasn't marred by some other poor matches and segments like Bret Hart was. I was gonna give it to Bret Hart. I think. I wouldn't blame you. <sighs> I just. Yeah, I think Booker's a good choice, too. Yeah. I don't know. It's really hard. You have to pick one for the database. Oh, I pick Brett. Okay. But I think we picked the two two of two options. Yeah, I'm really trying to think. I'm like, who else could it be? I got some giggles out of Nash's um, bit with the voice and everything, but not enough. Honorable worst bit and MVP mention to Tony Marinara. Tony Marinara. <laughs> oh, God. And with that, that's it for the... November 8th, 1999, Monday Nitro. This one hurt to get through. Next week is the go-home show for Mayhem. So Ooh, I wonder what's going to happen. We'll get the quarterfinals matches. I'm guessing they're going to do semifinals and finals on pay-per-view. Probably. Which I like a little bit. If it's going to be a tournament, you know. Yeah. Have them run the gauntlet a little bit. Yeah, any uh, closing thoughts before we get out of here? No, I just want to go to bed and cry a little bit. Well, you can listen to all of our pre-Russo back catalog, or you can listen to us suffer <laughs> with all the more recent back catalog on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. You can also follow us on the social medias on Twitter and Instagram at Butts in the Pod and at the Butts in the Seats Podcast on the Facebook. Drop the it's cleaner. On the Facebook. Who are you, grandmother? I just want to note once again your your comments a few weeks ago of t- you begging Vince Russo to come to the show. Oh, I know. I know and, what I asked for. And you getting mad at me when I was kind of telling you to be hesitant, like be, basically saying, be careful what you wish for. And you're like, well, why am I the only one excited? I know what I asked for. I know what I've done. Remember when we were asking for more backstage segments? Yeah. We have basically opened Pandora's box. Oh, yeah. But until the next episode of Pandora's Box and the Butts and the Seat Podcast, I'm Nick. I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for listening to the Butts and the Seat Podcast. Bye.